What's poppin' beautiful people? Your happy accident has led you to the Stupid Scientist Podcast. And these are my inner ramblings. As you're listening to this broadcast, I challenge you to do three things. First, expand your mind. Second, think critically. And last, but certainly not least, probably one of the most important things a scientist does is to formulate new hypotheses. I hope, oh, how I hope, that by the end of this, you feel just a little bit stupid. But check it. Don't you dare stay that way. And we're back. (laughs) Yeah, you heard the intro, so no need for redundancy. In this quarter's episode, we're going to talk a little bit, and let me stress little, about Charles Darwin's On the Origin of Species and what he actually says and what some evolutionists say that doesn't really match up with Darwin's theories. So if you recall in episode one, we talked about the difference between a theory and a law. And I'm going to be a bit of an ass and ask... (laughs) You'd either ask Dr. Google or scroll and click back two episodes of this glorious podcast to get a little recollection on the difference between a theory and a law. I know you didn't think I forgot our last conversation, did you? (laughs) You know, where we talked about how all this ish began and I promised that we would revisit evolution and junk. Yeah? Nope. Well, whether you said yes or no, I'm going to make an effort to keep this short and sweet by not rambling too much. At least not much more than I already have rambled. So, let's break this down classroom lecture style. Shall we? Now, Darwin is credited with the modern ideas of evolution, but... What did he discover and share with the world in 1859 that was so groundbreaking? Ever heard of natural selection? Survival of the fittest. These two principles basically go hand in hand in Darwin's idea for how evolution works. So the textbook definition of natural selection is, drumroll please, yes, I'm making my own sound effects with my mouth. The differential survival and reproduction of individuals due to differences in phenotype. It is a key mechanism of evolution. The change in the heritable traits characteristic of a population over generations. Oh, shiggity. (laughs) We introduced some vocabulary right there. All that fancy talk to say that natural selection is when the ancient version of you thought Tyrone was fine as fuck or Belinda, whomever you prefer. And y'all linked up and made some babies. And Belinda's or Tyrone's people were athletic and able to outrun lions and shit. And then they had certain characteristics, aka phenotypes, physical attributes, that made them more likely to pass on their traits. Now, Belinda and Tyrone's babies are a mixture of two athletic types who can outrun lions. Bob, on the other hand, didn't get to pass on his genes because he got eaten by a lion. 
So now you got fewer Bobs and more Tyrones and now a tribe or village of people who took who look like great 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 granddaddy Tyrone or <laughs> Tyrone's fine ass brother Tariq. <laughs> Y'all like how I did that there, right? So this thing that I'm describing is what Darwin called survival of the fittest, the ability for an organism to pass on their genes due to their ability to persist in their environment. So Darwin demonstrates his theory of evolution by means of natural selection with the finches on Galapagos Island. Long story short, the birds on this island uh, where or the on the island where the seeds were large that had small beaks eventually died out only leaving the large-beaked birds on that part of the island and the birdies on the side of the island where there were small seeds um, where there were small seeds they had a variety of beak sizes on that side but the smaller beaked birds were better able to survive in that area where the seeds were smaller but there was competition etc so there were fewer yada yada you get the point so those birds that could eat the large seeds live to pass their seed on to the next generation on the island with only the large seeds and so on and so forth so I think I mentioned this in episode one where I said that I personally believe that micro or small scale evolution really is a thing. So organisms have the ability to adapt to their environment uh, under certain environmental stressors. These extreme stressors force certain reversible, keyword reversible adaptations to occur that can be inherited. Now, organisms it's just the nature of beings we like to conserve energy where they can so honestly unless you know i don't this is why i don't understand those people who train for triathlons and they just run for no reason it's like why are are you running <laughs> but but in, in a typical sense organisms like to conserve energy and so once environmental stressors no longer exist you would think that the organism would revert back to their lesser evolved form in theory. I'm using air quotes like you can see them, but you know, whatever. Now, Darwin never observed macro or large scale evolution and no one ever has. And unless we figure out this immortality thing, no one ever will. (laughs) I'm making myself laugh and it makes no sense. And so because no one can observe macroevolution, the theory will always be just that, a theory. Remember the difference between a law and a theory. Natural selection is a law. But so evolutionists believe that humans and chimps have a, a a common ancestor and we evolve separately into the the modern human more or less and so for for macro evolution to be a thing natural selection in essence would have completely wiped out that predecessor follow me so if that predecessor was wiped out 
and the humans are a more evolved branch of the hierarchical structure how is it that chimps are alive in the same environment that humans are am i making sense i sometimes it's confusing sometimes right so evolutionists believe that humans and chimps have a common ancestor and we evolved separately into the modern human but like how you know what caused that divergence if there is one if it was an adaptation follow me why didn't all of the common ancestors in that area undergo the same adaptation why were modern humans able to mate with neanderthals and reproduce like i, I just have so many questions the scientist in me refuses to accept macro evolution large-scale evolution as truth simply because there's no better explanation I will continue to ask questions because this common ancestor has yet to be discovered. The Neanderthal and the Denisovan interbred with the modern human ancestor. We did not magically evolve from them like social media evolutionists would believe. Hold up. Rewind. Back that up. Say what? This would mean... So modern humans... The Neanderthals and Denisovans mated with the modern human. That would mean that the modern human and the Neanderthal and the Denisovan all roamed the earth at the same exact time. So where the freak did the modern human come from? Answer that for me. Where did the modern human come from? Because I'm racking my brain to understand how chimps and humans can survive in the same environment. If the superior species would have prevailed, especially since the Neanderthal and the Denisovan aren't walking around in business suits, contrary to what the Geico commercial depicts. <laughs> and if we actually evolved from a lesser human primate relative, why haven't we de-evolved, you know, adaptations we would like to conserve energy so if we conserve energy environmental stressors are no longer present thus we would revert back to that lesser evolved form so why haven't we de-evolved because as organisms we'd like to conserve that energy so why, why aren't we needing why aren't we neanderthals why haven't we seen any traits in modern humans that take us back several hundred thousand years since the modern human has roamed for quite a while now i'm gonna get off my soapbox and, and wrap this up with this so natural selection means that two organisms got busy and spread their genes on to the next generation if i view creation strictly from the lens of a scientist and not a christian there is not enough evidence to support the idea that a spontaneous mutation occurred in the Neanderthal or the Denisovan that resulted in the modern human, especially since individuals with European ancestry have about approximately 4% Neanderthal DNA, further reinforcing that this separate group interbred with the modern human. What?
Yes, they interbred with the modern human. Now, understand that evolution is not some spontaneous change of one species into another. You just don't start as a fish, then morph into a zebra after a million or so years. That's, that's not how this works. That's, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> that's all I have for you, folks. I hope you enjoyed my ramble. And see you in the next quarter's episode of The Stupid Scientist and Around. over.